Hi, everyone. I'm Dave Philippi. I'm the director of film and video at the Wexner Center for the Arts. And we're very excited that the director, Liner Palmason, is joining us for a conversation about his really wonderful new film, A White White Day, which you can uh, stream through uh, June. And it's one of the films that we're streaming in partnership with the distributor Film Movement. And um, we thought it would be just great to um, hear from Liner in person about the film. And I should say that a little spoiler alert, we might be um, talking about a few things um, that, that might give away some of the main points in, in the film. And um, just a fair warning, if you want to um, watch the film first before you listen to the rest of this conversation, um, that might be a good idea if you like surprises. So um, Liner, thank you so much for, for being with us. Thank you for um, and first, you know, the Wexner Center is a contemporary art center, so we, we work with artists um, across many disciplines. And one thing that we're really interested in is how artists are spending their time right now being, you know, kind of shut in and um, how it's impacting your work, how it's impacting your creativity, what you, what you have planned for the future. If you could um, just maybe talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I think... Um uh, I think uh, at the moment, I think I'm, just, you know, sort of having a lot of time to sort of just uh, work on my projects and 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 um, sort of just dive deeper and and not be um, traveling or or uh, so so right now at the moment it's kind of just uh, peaceful and uh, um, calm. Um, I live quite uh, quite far away from the city. I live in the country on the east coast of Iceland. So normally I am quite isolated, but, um, but I don't know, like, um, I think it's, what I don't know is what's going to happen, you know, how is it going to affect my, you know, my work and uh, my collaborators, etc. I think that's sort of unclear right now. So, yeah, so I don't know that much now. I just, I'm just sort of trying to, to work on 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 the projects that interest me right now. Mm -hmm. I actually started shooting a, a short film two days ago, just in my garden. So I'll be working on that parallel while while writing my my next feature. But I'm sort of I'll be filming that for probably a year. So you know I like having these smaller work uh, parallel with my my bigger feature work. Yeah, you started off with short films, right? You made about three or four short films before your first feature, uh, Winter Brothers, correct? Yeah, and I, I, I never really wanted to stop that. I, I think when you're working on something, I feel like sometimes it's almost like the work itself sort of decides uh, what it wants to be. Um, and um, I, I try to just go with that. You know, if it, if it feels like uh, that it would be stronger and as a small piece, I think I just go with that and I make that. But... Uh, you know, when you're working on a feature, it, it takes a lot of time to just, um, you know, sort of develop it and write it and, and prepare it and and um, all the all the work afterwards also. So it takes a lot of your time. But I always thought I would uh, still make a, make short films or, or video installations or or more video work. Yeah. So so let's talk a little bit about a white white day, and it's a film that you both directed and and you wrote and. It's a, it's a story of a retired police officer who 
um, is is mourning. We're going to be giving away some plot points. He's mourning. Um, the loss, he's mourning the loss of his wife, and mm-hmm. one one of the ways he's doing that is he's rehabilitating a house um, to be used by his adult daughter and and her young daughter and and her husband. Um, and it's he's obviously struggling with with grief that carries us well into the into the film. Um, mm-hmm. And the main character is played by an actor um, named Ingvar Sigurdsson. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. a main character in a very popular Icelandic TV series called Trapped. And I, I didn't realize this, but I was looking up at his credits. He's he's the mayor of the town in um, the Justice League when, uh, when <laughs> Batman comes to find Aquaman. That's uh, Ingvar. So I'm really curious, um, since the, you know this is an original um, screenplay, if you had him, I know you worked with him on one of your short films. Was he... Yeah at the front of your mind when you started working on this script since he's so pivotal to the, to the film. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, we, we did uh, make a short film together um, when I was sort of finishing film school and we really had a good time. So, I mean, yeah, we began working together on the short film and I, in a way I felt like there were a lot of things we hadn't explored yet and a lot of things that I wanted to try out. And uh, he, he was, I mean, he's really, he has a lot of things that I sort of like. He's very emotionally connected with, you know, with work. He's very involved. He's very, I mean, he's very physical and it's very, it's very nice for me because I can write very long scenes for him and he sort of, he's good at that. Uh, so there are so many qualities. So I, so I basically just, I wrote the film for him and uh, I wrote it also for my daughter, the, the, the grandchild, um, Sarka in the film. So I sort of wrote it for them and I was sort of thinking about them together and it was a, a very important thing for me with this film. And he's just one of those rare actors who his face is so interesting just on its own. It suggests a, a depth and a connection to the to the story um, just by, you know, being himself, which is obviously a, a very rare, uh, a rare talent or, or gift. You mentioned, you know, the other kind of pivotal character in the film is this is the young girl, is, is Selka, who you just mentioned. And it's such an important relationship to, to start the film with what happens later on. It, it, it gives us a, a side of him that is obviously there's going to be some things that kind of are in direct opposition to this character. He's so he's so gentle and, and patient and caring with her. And in writing the script, was it, I guess it was, was it conscious to set up that part of his personality, you know, kind of knowing with what, what's, where the story is going to be going um, towards the end? I'm happy you say that because, I mean, I do, I do feel that sort of the balance of how, you know, is he kind, is he, is he a bit brutal at times? It is a balance. And I think, you know, I, I feel like this balance is, um, it's different from, from country to country. When I'm screening the film different places, I really do feel that people don't necessarily have the same experience. Um, some of them feel that he's a bit of a brute and, um, and others see that he's, you know, very human. So it's, it's been very interesting actually, but I never thought about, you know, trying to soften him up or anything like that. I just um, tried to sort of write him like I knew him, you know, just for me, he's just very much, you know, a grandfather. He's, he's, uh, he's a bit rough on the edges, but, uh, but there is this sort of, you know, unconditional love or very simple love, you know, you have towards 
your grandparents and uh, and vice versa. And I think it's um, at least when I was writing it, it felt very um, effortless. Writing it, it felt very natural. Um, but I think the, the thing that changed while I was writing, because I began writing it in 2013, so it did sort of the biggest change was actually my daughter growing up. You know, she started out five years old and then, you know, she was nine when we started filming. So I think I, I sort of had to rewrite it a couple of times. And that was a very interesting process because the film in a way got, or their relationship got more, um, maybe not colorful, but it became more serious and uh, and deeper. And suddenly uh, Salka was more around him, you know, she was sort of more present in the, in the later scripts than the first one. So that was kind of, you know, interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. You mentioned you've had different reactions to the character because I only thought of them, um, not even rough, but stoic maybe, you know, where I grew up in Minnesota, there's lots of Nordic people and everyone is kind of like him. (laughs) So that seemed very natural to me. Um, tell us more about um, your daughter. Is is she aspiring to, to be an actress? Because she's so just wonderfully natural in the film too. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think she's interested in it, but um, but in a very sort of just, if it's a lot of fun, you know, if, mm-hmm. if there are um, fun people around the set, I think, I think she was sort of uh, surprised by how actually fun it was, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've worked together on smaller video work and, um, and she has been part of a lot of things I've been doing, but, uh, never in a, like a big film set. I mean, my, my film sets aren't really big. They, they're quite small, but, but I'm surrounded by, you know, the people I've worked with on my short film. So we are very good friends and it felt very natural to invite her on a set that I really, I, you know, I really trusted people and I, I this is, you know, it, feels very much like a family in a way. And she was very interested. It felt like a, a natural step forward. But she was, uh, I think she's more, you know, right now she's more interested in, you know, riding horses and uh, <laughs> things like that. So mm-hmm. but a couple of months after we shot it, she asked, you know, when is the next one, you know? So <laughs> I think she would like to uh, keep working in cinema some way. Yeah, she, she's great in it. Maybe turning away from the story and the actors for a second and, and going to the beginning of the film, a sequence that m- many people write about, and you show the passage of time through these these still images of the house um, that, that's being worked on. And I had such a strong reaction to it because it took me a few cuts to realize there were mountains in the picture because there's, uh, you know, there's mist. And, and then all of a sudden I get a sense of where this house is. And... And just reading a couple of interviews with you, you talked a little bit about how you like kind of the hidden in films, you know, things that are a little bit, um, you know, nuanced or mysterious. And I thought that really, not only did it show the passage of time between the accident and where we are in the story, but um, it added to this layering of the film that, you know, the sense of, you know, kind of mystery and, and that there might be stories behind stories. And I don't know if that was intentional or not, but that's just, that's kind of how I was reading it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's very, you know, very well said. I mean, I do feel that um, it takes time for me to feel the sort of not only the atmosphere of the film, but also like the temper of the film and, you know, how it moves and the tone of it. And uh, what really helps me is uh, if I visit the lo- the locations very early on and um, and sort of revisit them, you know, again and again, and I sort of write 
and photograph and uh, film and go through scenes and I sort of, you know, just trying to find out what's, you know, what's going on here. Or I feel like if I do this, if I revisit the locations, I feel like, like the film emerges like very slowly, very naturally. And I sort of just follow that, you know, it, mm. and, and therefore it, it is like, it's, you know, it's a bit hidden or it's, you know, it's, um, you know, I think you're always, you know, as an artist, I think you want to be surprised in a way, you know, you want to be stimulated while you're working, you want your daily life to be, you know, an interesting process. So I think that's been very important for me. And I feel like I, you know, there are a lot of things that I find out, you know, like, um, for example, trying to find out like, what, what season does the film happen? You know, when does it take place? You know, things like this, you know, are very, very important for me. And it does take me time to find out then, you know, is this white day, is it, is it, is it white because of snow or is it white because of fog or, or is it, you know, all of these things matter, you know, a lot for me while I'm sort of prepping or, or, or writing the film. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the environment is, is such a big part of the film and um, here's a, a spoiler alert. He learns that his wife that he's grieving had an affair at some point in the past and he, he knows the person that she was with and, and, you know, he starts to become obsessed with this person to a certain degree. Um, but to the point of like the importance of the environment, there's so many moments in the film where you feel like you're on the, the precipice of something, you know, whether it's, you know, at the very beginning of the film where the, where the car goes over the cliff and then kind of every time you're driving through that area, there's this sense of something could happen. Yeah. Um, but the scene where he, where he kind of, um, at least lays eyes on this person again, once he knows he's the person um, from his wife's past, they're, they're playing football, soccer mm -hmm. along the, the ocean. Yeah. And it's just such an interesting backdrop. I mean, it's, there's this emotional kind of turmoil happening, but it's right at the edge of the sea, which just kind of makes everything. So um, it just, it brings the whole frame to life while everything is happening. And, um, I guess it's not really a question. It's just a, a, a compliment. It, it adds to the emotional undercurrent of, of, of that moment um, being on such kind of a really rustic um, landscape. Yeah. And, it, and it's really not about, you know, I, I totally agree with you, but it's never about finding, you know, a beautiful mountain because it's very easy to find very grandeur um, sort of dramatic landscape. I mean, there are a lot of them here. Right. And uh, I could have, you know, I could have picked a lot of those, uh, but it's never about that. It's always about sort of, um, you know, what's right for the, the, this film. And I think uh, I always try to sort of simplify things, you know, finding um, sp locations that are very close to, to each other and um, sort of are in some sort of dialogue with each other. And I feel like if I, if I, uh, if I do that, if I find them very early and, and write for the locations, I feel like they become sort of like, like spaces, you know, more than just a location because it, it's not just a place we see once, you know, we always go there again and it's, and when we come there again, it's, you know, it's different, you know, it's, it's, it's darker or it's colder or, and I think I, I use that a lot. And this really stimulates me if I, while I'm writing, if I sort of know, the places almost if I can make a sort of map you know my own little world and I think I think it's important for me to create a world around the the character you know I think that's 
that's been yeah at least with my feature films i feel like that's something that's very important one thing i really was interested in talking to you about a lot of the reviews i've read of the film have talked about you know that he's been kind of bottling up all of this grief um that, that his wife passed and 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 he was almost like that he was ready to explode. And then once he finds out that she had had an affair and that she, he knows that this person is nearby, um, that that's kind of an outlet for this bottled up emotion. And, um, and this is just my take on it. I, I really read it differently. Um, to me at the beginning of the film, he's grieving his wife and he's, you know, he's mourning her and people deal with that in different ways. And when he finds out this, this part of her past, that he didn't know about, all of a sudden he's grieving a different person. Not only is his grief maybe even interrupted, he's, he's, um, he feels betrayed by a person. A lot of things happen towards the end of the film. Um, yeah. I didn't really see him as like an explosive character. It was more just like his grieving was so all of a sudden interrupted and complicated. And he, you know, maybe in, in not knowing, but who would know how to cope with a situation like that? It's so emotionally complicated. Yeah, and exactly. And if you if you really love someone you you probably are capable of or you it's it's more it's a bigger chance of you experiencing great loss you know if you really care for a person so in a way you know it's not strange if you sort of go towards the darker side if if something terrible happens in the same case you know everybody's capable of almost anything you know it depends on how how much you're pushed i think i remember when i was working on the film i was i was very interested in um I, I don't know if you know the word the diatribe. It's like, uh, yeah, I, re- I, I, um, I read a, a poem by, uh, I think he's Spanish, uh, Angelo Gonzalez, mm. uh, a poem called um, "A Diatribe to the Dead," and it's sort of like, uh, it's sort of like a hate poem to someone that died, you know. And in this, you know, this uh, complete, you know, anger and hate in the poem, through it, you really feel you know, the, the sorrow and, you know, how much the person misses the, the person that went away to pieces. And this I really connected to, I, I really felt that was something, you know, something worth exploring because it's, you know, it goes against each other. You know, it, there, there's something very, there's an ambiguity around it. I think that was something that I really wanted the film to somehow work with, you know? Yeah. And once he makes this discovery, it's not like she's still alive. She's gone. And yeah. and she's kind of wounding him from the grave. And I, I just, I'm really fascinated by the the interplay of emotions in him. And again, it's his performance. He's mm-hmm. so stoic. Um, and you know so much is going on inside of him. Um, it's a very character-driven film, obviously. And, and he mm-hmm. does a you know a terrific job um, realizing your, your the vision you had for the story. Yeah, yeah. When you're working with him, it's, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's very hard to not write again for him. You know, it's re- very hard to get him out of your head, you know, because now when I'm working on other projects, he's always coming up again. And I'm like, Jesus, he's going to be in every, every single film I'm going to work, you know, for the rest of my life, because he's very, I mean, he's a really, really very, very warm person. And, but, but also just, it's so, it's so much fun working with him. You know, he's, he's very, very, um, yeah, he's a great actor, yeah. And, you know, for people that haven't seen the film yet, it's just, it's film, you know, you've kind of alluded to this a little bit, just um, Iceland is so 
naturally beautiful. There's, mm. there's ocean and beautiful green pastures and, um, and mountains. So I, you know, that's, that's a reason alone um, to watch it. One other thing, could you talk a little bit, the, the sound is also such an interesting part of the film and kind of the way that it evolves over, over the course of the film, maybe just talk a little bit about the sound person that you worked with and your, your vision for that. Cause again, it's like this, layer to the film that just really rounds it out in such an important way. Yeah, I mean, I work very closely with, you know, the same sound designer as in my short films and my features. Uh, his name is Lars Halvorsen, Norwegian uh, sound designer, but I, I sort of, I, I met him in Denmark uh, at the film school and we just, um, yeah, I mean, we worked on our final there and we sort of just, you know, kept working together. And um, But he's he's living in Denmark and and I couldn't use him as a recordist. So I met another sound designer, um, Björn Viktorsson, who is, uh, so I sort of, they are my, they are my sound team, mm-hmm. my, my recordist and, uh, um, and my sound designer. And uh, uh, because I told my sound designer, I need you to be on set. You know, it's very important for me that my sound designer is on set. I don't like the way normally you know, people do film that you sort of have a recordist and then you have another sound designer. So I wanted to sort of combine that because very early on, I, I, I do, rec- I always have a field recorder with me because I, I really like sounds and I, I like recording sounds. And I, and when I was shooting the opening scene of the film, the prologue, it took me two years to film, but I always had a sound recorder with me because I wanted to sort of both use it, but also just, you know, hear what kind of birds are around during, you know, the beginning of spring and like, how do they sound and how do they sound late summer? And I was, you know, just sort of exploring that, but also just to have a blueprint over when you you go into the sound design, it's very good to have like a fundament. Like now we have, like, this is how it sounded, but of course we always change it and but but it it is very important for me to to work a lot on sound from very very early on because i really feel like it it affects my writing i think there is a lot of sound in the script you know we do talk about sound in in the script so it is very important that it i feel that it comes very early because i yeah it affects the whole film mm-hmm. but yeah but they they're just you know brilliant people and I'm just very thankful that they're working with me because they take so much weight off my shoulders. You know, they're really, um, you know, just great sound designers and, and, and very, it's, I just, I, I really, really love the sound process. It's, it's one of my, you know, it's, I love it. Uh, mm-hmm. so it's, it's so, sort of something I always look very, very much forward to. Um, and I think probably my, I can't find the word in English, but you know, the, the place where you get goosebumps or the yeah. place where you really, get excited. I think that's always for me in the mix when you're sort of mixing it. I, it really is my favorite place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, atmosphere is just such an important part of the film and that's, you know, is important. A part of creating that atmosphere is any, well, thank you so much for agreeing to talk about your film. Um, I encourage everyone to see it. It's just a beautiful looking film. It's a story of really interesting, complicated emotions, great performances and um, very well directed and written. And um, we look forward to seeing what you make next. And it's it's actually interesting to hear that you make video art, it sounded like, and because we yeah. could work like that at the Wexner Center as well. It'd be, it'd be great yeah. to, Absolute. to see that as well sometime in the future. Absolutely.
Thank you very much. Very nice talking to you. Thank you. Best to you, your family and stay well. And oh, you too. Stay safe. Yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye.